Join us for this episode of Nature Centered, a podcast from Wild Birds Unlimited about feeding the birds and enjoying nature right in your own backyard. Here are your hosts, naturalist John Schaust and Brian Cunningham. Hi, everyone. I'm John Schaust. And I am Brian Cunningham. And welcome to episode number 58. Please don't stop now. The Perks of Summer Bird Feeding. Oh, man, what a wealth of <laughs> bird activity that you can get in the summer. Yeah, if you're not feeding, holy cow, you really could be missing out. Some of the finest breeding plumage, little babies running around, such cool and interesting behaviors that you get to watch. You know, it, you just don't need to take our word for it that you shouldn't stop feeding in the summer. What if we asked the birds what they thought? And also... Later in the episode, we're going to be talking about tips on storing bird food in the summer, the best ways to keep it fresh. And I guarantee you, it is good for the birds too. So stick around. All right, Brian. We are in summer. Man, what a beautiful morning this was here at my house. I know your your house had to have a beautiful morning, too. And, oh, yes. yes. And, you know, we, we, we're talking about feeding birds in the summertime, and I don't get the message that you hear so often from people. It's like, oh, I, I don't feed in the summertime. It's like, whoa, this is the yeah. best time of the year to feed almost. So a lot of bird activity in your yard, I know. So why don't you let oh, us know what's going on? For real, you know, I've been talking a lot about that in the last few episodes. Man, the, the amount of activity, all these parent birds are just busy, 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 mm -hmm. busy. And they're taking care of all these well, they were the nestlings and now they're all fledglings. So they fledged the nest. They're bouncing around. Mom and dad are still feeding them and showing them where to find the feeders. Like, man, just this last week, I got to see my first juvenile red-bellied woodpeckers of the season. All yep. gray bird. I love how just the entire head is gray and looks really soft and fuzzy. Um, it's just kind of a funny looking bird. Uh, with the rest of this body and a little bit of black and white on the wings. It's kind you, of weird, what right? What are you saying? What are you saying? <laughs> it's kind of like the teenager trying to grow the beard and you're just getting the peach fuzz on the face, you know? <laughs> yeah, so, I've got a lot of the, I got a lot of the juveniles and, and that's, that's the thing. I mean, you know, we were just talking, you know, I sit here at my three foot by five foot picture window out and looking at my feeders and, and in the 10 minutes or so that we were prepping to get ready to start the podcast this morning, you know, I'm sitting here, guys, guys, the Cardinals, they're out there feeding each other, you know, because Cardinals are still nesting and, and still going yeah. out. Guys, guys, I got house finches with the little feather horns on top of their head, you know, and oh man, there are my bluebirds, my juvenile bluebirds and mom, you know, dad still feeding the juvenile bluebirds. And yes, I had red belly woodpecker, the juvenile with the gray head, yeah. little chickadees everywhere. The little chickadees are running around going crazy. You know, it's just, you know, in 10 minutes, I'm just sitting here mm -hmm. probably, what, five or six times I interrupt what we're talking about because <laughs> it's like, whoa, outside my window, they got this going on. So, yeah, lots of great activity. And again, uh, we're going to we're going to talk a lot about, you know, why it's really good to keep feeding mm -hmm. in the summertime, not only for yourself and your own enjoyment and joy and entertainment, but also why it's good for the birds. That's right. And you never know, you might get a new visitor in the middle of summer. And I got a story for that for later. Oh, yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, John, let's go ahead and jump right into, man, what is so cool about feeding the birds in summer 
And what do the birds really think of that? Yeah, well, on the, on the other reverse side, why, why, why is the old idiom floating around that, you know, I, I don't feed my mm-hmm. birds in the summer because, you know, they really don't need it. And it's like, <laughs> have you asked the birds? <laughs> you know, they, they may not need it. But boy, I just describing the activity, you know, we're having in our yards, Brian, they sure mm-hmm. seem to love it and like it. And, and we're going to talk a lot about there's a lot of benefits to the birds from having that ready, uh, readily available supply of bird food and helping them, you know, through the fledgling stage and, and that type of thing. So I, I don't know. I really am not sure. I guess people just think, well, they don't need it. So I don't need to put it out there. But yeah. Yeah. You know, lots of people go on vacation or you take time off or maybe you're just you're really busy. Uh, Life kind of transitions a little bit in summertime. Uh, Maybe you're more outside. Uh, Maybe you're not paying as much attention to the feeders as maybe you were in wintertime, which was kind of that I get to sit and enjoy the outdoors in the nice warm area, watching the birds. I know I'm helping them. It's that emotional kind of connection. I'm helping the birds in winter. It's cold out and they just need extra food. But summertime is a whole different world for our birds and the activities they're doing. You know, I love that most of our birds, this is the time where they're raising families. Uh And we get to be a part of that. We get to see them really at their their finest. They had just that sharply dressed look, you know, super, super brilliant colors and sharply contrasting colors and they're beautiful because they're trying to attract mates attract each other decide let's raise a family Uh, but then now you get into all that activity all the nesting and all the talking yeah i think i've seen some research somewhere that that basically says that the actual abundance of birds at your feeders is highest what you mm-hmm. feed in the summertime as opposed to any other time of the year. So bingo, put one in the plus column. Yeah. Uh, you're going to have a lot of great. Ac- yeah. You're going to have a lot of great activity at your feeders if you continue to feed throughout the summer. Yeah. And John, not just you sitting out there on your patio, but you have guests come over all the time, right? <laughs> Sometimes even when I don't expect it, Brian, because <laughs> yeah, we, we, we have a, a lot of folks that we we like to entertain, so we have a lot of folks come over, and and yes, it's just a, a constant. Especially when things like the pileated woodpeckers come in, it's just it's pretty darn impressive, and they get a kick out of it. But I was working in my garage the other day. All of a sudden, I, I hear voices, and here's my neighbor from across the street. We have a great neighbor across the street, and well, she has her daughter-in-law with her, and she saying, uh, uh, "John would." Would you, my, my daughter-in-law is getting into birds and into photography, and I've been telling her what a great backyard you have. And w- would you mind if she came over and looked at your birds? And I was like, you bet, let's go, you know. And so we go back and sit on the back deck, and it was perfect. I mean, the Orioles are coming, the woodpeckers, the pileated's coming. You know, the, the, the cadre of all the woodland birds, the chickadees, titmice, nuthatches. I had an indigo, indigo bunting, go to my hopper feeder. And this is all within, you know, like a 20-minute time frame. Just, she was like, whoa, I can't believe what I'm seeing. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's fun to be able to. And you, and, you know, I know, Brian, you and I are absolutely on the same wavelength. We live for sharing this with people. This is what it's all about. And, and to see her eyes light up. Uh, at, at these different birds that were coming and going from the feeder. My yellow-throated warbler came down. She couldn't believe it. Uh, so, yeah, it's definitely something to share. 
And and that wouldn't be happening if you stopped feeding in summertime. Absolutely. That's a, Absolutely. that's fantastic. I love yeah. that. It's really good for the birds, and especially, mm-hmm. you know, all these nestlings and, and that come out and fledge. And to have that reliable, dependable, you know, we sometimes call foundational feeder, you know, the place that they can always go to and find food. It's all about that feeder that has food always available to attract the greatest variety of birds in your yard. Yeah, exactly, Brian. Food that's high in protein, high in energy, you know, fats. High in calcium, you know one of the th- one of the things that I don't think is widely known, you know those those birds, even though they look like an adult and they're the same size as an adult, they're doing a tremendous amount of growing still. And, and an example would be the calcium needs. You know, right. one of the things as a bird bander, one of the ways that I can age a young bird or tell make sure it's a young bird, like the chickadees. You know, how do you how do you you do what's called ossification you you literally spread the feathers on the crown of the bird and you can see you know it's like a baby you know babies quite often have that little soft spot that slowly but surely calcifies over their first year of life oh yeah on their head yeah exactly birds have the exact same thing and they're still putting calcium and building bone and they still have a a high demand for calcium so it's having those foods that are high in calcium uh, like our bark butter bits or bark butter or our, our, our you know nesting blend, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, you got a you you got a chance to really provide a solid diet, if you will, that really is beneficial to those birds. Having that calcium is so important for them as they're growing, but the protein mm-hmm. as well. And to really kind of dig in a little bit, you know, the the protein for baby birds. You talked about, yeah, they they look like they're adult size, but the challenge is they are, like you said, that skull ossification. Those bones are still forming up and solidifying, but then you also have, they've come off the nest and these little baby birds are running around. They've got feathers and they look fuzzy, but that's like a, it's just a, 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 a nesting coat, if you will. They are now going to change that out within weeks and start growing into more of an adult feather coat doing that molting and man, the amount of protein needs that they have just to replace all of those feathers is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not just the babies, those fledglings that are bouncing around. And I'd I'll tell you what, I love having them come to my feeders and know that it's a great supplemental food for them. And I get to watch them. That was one of those huge summer benefits. But then, you know, Maybe we talk too about it's not just those fledglings that are replacing all their feeders. Or their that. feathers. Reverse it. <laughs> <laughs> replacing all their feathers. Uh, but it's the parents. That post-nesting molt that mm-hmm. happens. Yeah, great, great example to illustrate. And people, if they feed and watch, they actually have seen this in regards to the fledglings coming out of their their juvenile plumage and going into what we call a basic plumage, which is basically in some cases, it's actually the first adult plumage or it's a, a, a in essence, a pre-adult plumage. But the bottom line is going into winter, they basically will have their full set of feathers. And you can watch this, you know, you see downy woodpeckers, the mm-hmm. juveniles don't have, the males don't have the red spot on the you know, nice, concise, tight, bright red spot on the back of their head. It's kind of like a red 
dot or circle on the on the top of their heads. It's you kind of funny the, looking too. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you mentioned the uh, uh, red belly woodpeckers with just the all gray head. Right. Uh, you know the flickers don't have any of their uh, uh, adult markings on their head either. And you literally by fall will see you won't see that anymore. It w- they are changing those feathers out throughout the course of, of the summer. By the time we get into fall, they look a lot like the adults because mm-hmm. they've changed out all those feathers and gotten rid of the old plumage and put in a brand new plumage. So you can actually watch it happen. Yeah, especially if you are feeding the birds and it's really fun to watch that happening. Uh, it's also a really neat time in summer when you're watching that happen. Um, the challenge sometimes of, hey, what's that bird? That's a funny looking bird. And you get those questions. And I just had that question just this yeah. last week that someone was asking me, man, I have this all gray bird and they looked kind of awkward and I get, they didn't say gangly or, you know, but it was that concept of being awkward and approaching the feeders and bouncing around in the yard. And they're like, what was that? And yeah, it was yeah. one of those juvenile birds that yeah. just didn't have all that, that brilliant color yet. So really yeah. fun to watch all those behaviors. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I want to circle back to on, Having that foundational, you know, feeder, yes. if you will, or having, you know, kind of making sure your feeders are, are, are still filled in the summertime. Uh, because as we all, unfortunately, becoming more aware all the time, we are getting into some really unusual weather patterns. And whether it's, yes. you know, hot, dry, <clears throat> drought conditions, whether it's cool, damp, like the spring we had this year. Yeah, um, other other areas. I know Pacific Northwest is and many spots up there, very wet and cool. Yeah. And that affects and so, the plants and insects, right? Yep. It's that's where I was going, Brian, exactly, because that that's the the impact of some of these unusual weather patterns we've been seeing is that the nat natural native food, whatever you want to call it, is reduced. And so here you've got this whole new generation of young birds out there trying to compete for the resources, the food resources mm-hmm. that are out there, and they may not be there. And so, golly, gosh darn, maybe feeding can help some of those different species thrive a little bit more throughout the summertime when challenges are, are you know, in the area in regards to food resources. So, yeah, I think it's a really, you know, I, again, I, I, would, I would like to just take that old folk tale, whatever you want to call it, and, and, Put a stake in it once and for all, because <laughs> I just have never really understood why you would cheat yourself out of this, this, you know, all the just beautiful birds and the activity that would be in your yard if you kept feeding in the summertime. Okay, if I'm, if I'm doing this, what are some tips on that bird feeding and storage? You know, how, what do you say? How should I store my food? What's going to be successful? Yeah. I, you know, it's a and you know what? Good point, Brian. Good point. In the sense of, it is a challenge sometimes. You get those, here in Indiana, we get those hot, humid summer days and we get mm-hmm. a long stretch of it. And I have to tell you, that is the one time when I'm, I'm feeding the birds that I am the most diligent. Because unfortunately, those hot, humid temperatures can cause food to spoil quickly. 
it can lead to your feeders, you know, unfortunately growing things on them that you, you don't really want on them. Uh, you so, and the birds, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's really a time to be diligent. So, you know, not only, uh, you know, is it important to store your food properly, but it's also at the same time really important to make sure that you're keeping your feeders clean and that you're keeping fresh food out at all times. But yeah, storing, storing the food is always, you know, for different people, different challenges. You know, where do you store right. your food? I hope it's not in your house because that's just not a good idea to put most of your bird food in your house. Uh, and the types of containers, what kind of container would you recommend? Yeah, totally agree. If you can, don't, don't store it in your house, put it in the garage or put it on a, a porch that is, if, if you have a spot that's safe, I love to use metal containers mm -hmm. uh, because then they're rodent proof. Um, and if you keep the area clean, number one, keeping it clean, you don't have to worry about the rodents then. Uh, but number two, if it is a metal container and I have used plastic containers in the past, and as long as I keep the area clean, then the rodents don't get into them. But being able to have that nice little container, uh, a lid that goes on so they can't knock it off. Because you think about, okay, you know, maybe it's the smaller rodents. Um, they're not going to take a lid off. But what about raccoons and uh, potentially a squirrel? I have had squirrels try to open a lid in the past. You get a good metal container, then you're storing your food quite nicely. Um, you talk about, too, the temperatures. You cannot control the temperatures if, if from outside and maybe not so much in your garage. Um, one of those things... Uh, whenever you have, especially bird seed, there are insects that are naturally in bird seed because the eggs are laid on the seeds when they're out in the fields. And then they go through the process of, um, storage and, and until they get to the bird feeding bag. And here we have it at home. The temperatures can actually get those eggs to have the larvae start to hatch. And no one ever wants all those little, like, meal moths, <laughs> cereal grain moths, whatever you want to call them flying around yeah, in your house. Yeah, you, you don't yeah. want that. No. Uh, so there are, there are ways to, to minimize that and almost never deal with it. Um, and that's just by having you, we've already talked about store your food outside, but also only buy enough, like in the, the summertime, maybe two weeks supply at a time. So that way you're rotating through. You know, yeah. You're talking you ever hear of FIFO rotation? <laughs> Good industry terms, right? First in, first, first in, out. First out. Yeah. So that is basically don't ever blend your old seed with some new seed that you bought. Always feed that old seed first. You know, have the birds eat it up. But only store about two weeks at a time. But another tip is when you're filling your feeders, the best way to keep them clean, only put out a few days worth of food at a time. That way the birds are emptying the feeder. Mm -hmm. You ever notice that and, uh, and how effective that is in your yard? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I again, I'm pretty much dedicated to making sure my feeders in my backyard are clean. Of course, obviously, it just wouldn't do that. Somebody <laughs> right. walking in my backyard and say, oh, there, John, he's got a lot of dirty feeders back here. But I do it just because it's the best thing for the birds. But uh, yeah, absolutely. One of the best ways to do it. If you load up that, especially when it's hot and humid, or especially mm, when you're getting oh, a lot okay. of cool, wet weather, and you load up a, a, a hopper feeder or you load up a, some type of a tray feeder with a bunch of seed, you're going to have a mess. You are going to have a mess. You put enough there that they eat them. You know, depends on how often you want to mess with, you know, 
filling your feeders. I do it every day. So it's a very easy thing for me to do is to put out basically a day's worth of food and not let it sit there and get old and damp and, mm -hmm. and uh, run the risk of spoiling. So, yeah, and Brian, you mentioned containers. I, You know, I'm old school. I'll be the first to admit it. I just use the old metal trash cans just to, you know, I have a, I have a wonderful little shed in my backyard that's perfect for storing them. And, and I have three metal trash cans and I keep my, my seed blend in one and I keep my specialty foods like my bark butter and my bark butter bits and my hot pepper things and another one and, you know, that type of thing. So it works out really well for me. And again, I'm very fortunate because I have a nice shed, so I have plenty of room to to store them in, but especially if you don't and you're putting something, you know, on your back porch or mm -hmm. out in your garage, I would highly recommend, like you said, some type of metal container. Well, I know you kind of call it old school, but I do the same and I don't <laughs> think and I want to consider myself. <laughs> When it comes to paying attention to those feeders and the cleanliness, yeah, like you're talking, if you load it up and then they get nasty, I just I do not like to clean that. No. I feel compelled. I need to for the bird, for the bird health and safety. Um, and that's why I do similarly to you. I only fill it, each feeder up just enough for a couple of days. But when it comes to your suet feeding, um, sometimes, you know, those suet feeders, you, you put the food in. And it's, that's not a day or two and, mm -hmm. and that's okay. And yeah. they, they end up lasting a week uh, or two weeks. I know some people are like, what do you mean? It doesn't last. <laughs> it lasts for a whole week in my yard. It's gone in a two days, but well, and that's I was just some getting fabulous say, activity. Yeah. I was just getting ready to say right now, I am going through two suet cakes about every three days. I'm, I'm reloading my double tail prop with two suet cakes about every other, every third day. We were gone for the uh, for the weekend, and of course, I filled it full when we left. And I came back last night, and there's just a little bit left in each one of them. So wow. that shows you the level of activities <laughs> of all these, you know, parent and and juvenile birds that are running around everywhere. They're coming to that suet feeder like gangbusters. You know, I think also just a note about cleaning, and just some tips on cleaning. If you are able to keep things generally clean as you go. It's a whole lot easier just to do quick wipe downs or quick scrubbings and put them right back out. You know, just a little bit of, if you need to, a little bit of soap and water and a little elbow grease to scrub on it. And then maybe you can put them right back out. But if you feel like you need to do a little sanitizing, mm -hmm. just do a, a little, uh, enough of a 10, you know, do your soap and water scrub, rinse it off, and then do a 10% bleach solution. Nine parts water, one part household bleach, you know, dip them in or or wipe them down, let them sit for a little bit, let that bleach work, rinse them off and uh, let them dry, refill them and off you go. Uh, and mm -hmm. it doesn't, it doesn't have to be a huge production. Uh, it can just be something it's, it's simple. Take a few minutes, do those things, but you know, you're doing right by the birds. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a lot easier to do in summer than it is the dead of winter, right? <laughs> <laughs> a lot easier. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I brought back a bad memory <laughs> out there in the cold, oh, but I do it. I do do it. It's important. Yes. So. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, what do you think, Brian? Have we, have we made a case to not stop feeding in the uh, summertime and then really get out there and enjoy your birds at your feeders all summer long? 
Well, I really hope so. And, you know, if anyone listening to this podcast on a regular basis, you hear our passion and excitement, mm. the joy that we get. And that's what we want you to get, too. So not stop and feeding. Yeah, of course, the birds are going to find stuff, but the benefits to you, too. You still can benefit them with supplemental, but you get us great benefits of watching some amazing activity and yeah. knowing you're you're helping to raise the next generation. All right. So, Brian, I think uh, time to move on to one last little tidbit. And you had mentioned that you had a little story you wanted to share with everybody. Oh, yes. A perk of summer bird feeding. So <laughs> it's amazing to me. There is a bird called the Great Kiskadee. And it is one of those. It comes into uh, the southern it's part a name of sayer. Texas. It's, it's a namesayer. Yeah. Kiskadee. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it comes into North America, I guess I should say. It comes into the U.S. and the, the Texas area, kind of southern Texas. And we had the opportunity to see it in the middle of January in 19, 2019. This bird was kind of out of its range. Um, a little yeah, here in bird. Indiana. Yeah, here in we Indiana. saw it here in Indiana in January 2019. Yo, the middle of winter. Crazy. But right now? In summer, we have a young fan in Texas who is loving feeding the birds, has lots of Wild Birds Unlimited products in the backyard, and has been attracting a great kiskadee to bark butter that's on a little branch perch off of the hardware system. And was so excited and realized, wow, the great kiskadee is not on our bark butter bird list. We've been tracking the different species have been observed eating bark butter since we rolled out the very first version of bark butter. And this great kiskadee is now species number 156. Unbelievable. And he was <laughs> thrilled that, number one, he got to reach out and, and say, hey, I've got this bird and I notice not on the bark butter bird list. Can we add it? And I was like, absolutely. And he sent me a nice photo. Um, so really fun. That's summer bird feeding, and he now has three great kiskadees coming at the same time, feeding on the bark butter in his backyard. Nice. How fun is that? Nice. Hey, summer bird feeding, <laughs> there is a perk right there. You know what I'm gonna I'm gonna do because this is a teachable moment. I'm sitting here at always at my window and watching my birds, but there's also other shows that are going on that I would probably miss if I wasn't doing that, and I'm just watching Mama Deer come down the hillside next to my house with her little fawn. This is the cutest Ooh. little thing you've ever seen. And actually, number two, there are two fawns. So we'd seen the one, but there's two of them. Twins. Twins. So, you know, nice. I, yeah, I, can't, I can't say it's all due to bird feeding, but I don't think I would watch outside my yard as much as I do because of the bird feeding, which leads to me seeing how cool was that. Mom leading her two fawns down to to uh, settle in and bed down for the daytime. Cool. That's, that's just cool. That is life is good. Yes. See something yes, like indeed. that. All right, Brian, I think, uh, I think we've made the case. If we've not, we're never going to make the case. Cause <laughs> I think we've given a lot of good reasons to keep feeding in the summertime and really get out there and enjoy your birds. So, uh, Indeed. On behalf of everyone at Wild Birds Unlimited, we appreciate you listening in and we hope that you agree. Don't stop now. The perks of summer bird feeding are amazing. So if you enjoyed today, please rate and review us and subscribe. Absolutely. And we're going to figure out what we're going to talk about the next time we come visiting your ears and, and uh, have our little podcast. But until then, 
We're going to continue as always to let nature be our guide. So please take care, be safe, and keep those feeders clean. Thanks for joining us, everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, for show notes, or to find the Wild Birds Unlimited store nearest you, visit wbu.com slash podcast. And we'd really appreciate you telling your friends about Nature Centered. Until next time, be sure to find a moment every day just to relax and enjoy the birds.